Thank you, your honor, Nick and Noah Carter, bail out Kobe Brown. And by the way, I hate to say it, but I think Isaiah Mosley is basically a write-off at this point. So let's talk about all that and more coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And boy, am I glad that missed layup there at the end of the regulation by Kobe Brown. I couldn't believe he missed that shot, especially watching it on replay, even easier than it looked from my vantage point in Mizzou Arena on the SEC Network last night. Kobe Brown's way too good, and he's been way too good this year for Missouri to have lost the game on that note there, especially this important of a basketball game for Missouri. But obviously, as all of you know by now, Nick Honor bailed out Kobe, hitting a couple threes in overtime, including a nice step-back three over Tolu Smith when he got a switch onto the Mississippi State big guy. What a shot. I I can't say I was overly confident that that shot was going in, but I was sure happy when it did. So that just shows you the kind of confidence that Dennis Gates has been able to put in to these guys. And also Nick Honor, by the way, in the post game, gave some credit to Phil Pressey for that particular move. By the way, he said Coach Flip gave him, was working on him, I should say, on that particular move in practice that day, in fact. So good on Phil Pressey there as well. What a finish for the Tigers and what an important win. And by the way, the Texas A&M Aggies helped out Missouri yesterday as well, taking down Tennessee. Now Tennessee just a game ahead of Missouri and a few other teams for fourth place in the Southeastern Conference. And of course, that fourth place spot is all important because those top four spots do get the double buy in the SEC tournament. Now, during the first half of this basketball season, I often compared this squad to the 2012 Missouri Tigers, the team that, of course, lost to Norfolk State ultimately, but just stylistically, I thought there was a lot of similarities there. Not that I ever thought that this particular team was as good as that team from the 11-12 team that actually won the Big 12 tournament. Don't think this team is that good, of course, but the more I think about it, This team is actually a lot more similar to the 2018 Tigers, the 17-18 Tigers, of course, that included Jonte and Michael Porter Jr., although very briefly with Michael Porter Jr. And just in terms of the trajectory and the amount of, well, off-the-court turmoil and question marks that that team went through, well, that's actually a lot more similar in my opinion. And obviously, like I mentioned before, that 11-12 team had a bad ending in the NCAA tournament. But during the regular season, it was mostly all systems go 
for the most part. Whereas that 17-18 team definitely had some losing streaks, and notably a three-game losing streak at one point that ended against Mississippi State, where it just felt like the Tigers were going the wrong way. But you know what? A really tough and gritty Conzo Martin squad found a way to turn their season around, win five in a row, and ultimately make the NCAA tournament. Now, obviously, as all of you remember, Michael Porter Jr. ended up returning for the last couple games, one in the SEC tournament, one in the NCAA tournament as well, and honestly, it just didn't go well. Porter clearly was not 100%, and also, well, Missouri really hadn't played at all with Porter Jr. the entire season. Now, Jonte was a huge part of the team, and him and Jordan Barnett in particular had a really dangerous combo that basically was the Missouri offense, along with Cassius Robertson on the outside. Those were your two main options. But with Porter Jr. in there, especially a compromised Porter Jr., well, that kind of threw everything off of kilter. And the comparison, of course, with this team and Michael Porter Jr. should be obvious at this point. It's Isaiah Mosley. Now, is Isaiah Mosley as good as Michael Porter Jr.? Obviously not, but actually we've seen more success and just moments of success, at least with Mosley on the floor. See, Porter Jr. barely played at all, as you may remember. He played a couple minutes against Iowa State in the opener, and that was it until those aforementioned couple games there in the postseason. So the question becomes at this point, Mosley has now missed, I believe, five games in a row. Let me check on that really quickly if I can. And yes, five games in a row now, Mosley has sat out. So what does that tell you? It tells you that it's probably not the the next two Missouri games are on the road, and it sure seems like he's less likely to travel with the team after not having been with the team at all yesterday at home in his hometown. Again, I have no idea what his personal matters are, but you'd think that he could be able to at least handle them somewhat in Columbia. Just saying it's not a great sign if he's not even with the team. So I think he's basically a write-off at this point. If he's not going to be with the team for the next two road games, well, how much do we really want to count on him for the one last home game and then heading into postseason play? I'm not sure how realistic that is, though Mosley is talented enough and Missouri is light enough, certainly on the perimeter, that you need some help. I think we saw that yesterday quite clearly. It's something I talked about almost ad nauseum if you listen to every minute of every word that I say, but Missouri is just real thin at guard and on the perimeter right now. Thank goodness for Trey Gomillion yesterday because, well, To pat myself on the back a little bit, one of the things I called yesterday, and I called a few things right yesterday, is that DeAndre Golston just didn't look right in the previous game in the second half. I think he was favoring some kind of left arm injury. It wasn't wrapped up yesterday or anything like that, but whatever was wrong with Golston, it seemed to certainly linger yesterday, as he certainly didn't look like himself once again, and after about the first two and a half minutes of the second half, well, he had on his warm-up shirt the entire time and was attached to the bench. And by the way, I mentioned Conzo Martin earlier. I doubt he's watching a ton of Missouri basketball this year, 
But if he did, is there any doubt whatsoever who his favorite player on this squad would be? So let's talk about Trey Gomillion and his really nice contributions yesterday. And also, well, a big-time, gritty Missouri win that I thought kind of typified a Conzo Martin style and a Trey Gomillion style win, too. But first, you know what? Let's talk about the midway point of the NBA season. It's here, and you know what that means. We had to suffer through another boring all-star game. But more importantly, it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. You know what? Customers now get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download FanDuel Sportsbook's app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine all types of different bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. Make sure to check out the brand new Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college hoops in one place. Plus, hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. That's Locked On College Basketball. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. And I'll tell you, there were certainly some guys who had more impressive box scores than Trey Gomillion last night. Probably Demoy Hodge, first of all, leading the Tigers with 16 points. Well, actually, Kobe, excuse me, had 17, but not a very efficient 17 for Kobe. Not that we're usually used to, but no, Demoy, a really nice game for him. But most of it done in early fashion. And I just thought overall, Gomillion, despite playing nine minutes fewer than Hodge, you know what, buddy? I'm going to give you the game ball because without him, I don't think Missouri wins that game. I really don't because not only was Go Million good offensively, is he's a good team player and he's multi he has multi-talented versatility. He can back you down sometimes with size. He can cut, shoot it a little bit, pass it a little bit. Basically, there's a lot of things he brings to the table. None of them he's like extraordinarily above average in, but there's nothing that he's really bad in either. That's kind of one of the great things about Gomillion offensively, at least. And also defensively, well, he's kind of the captain out there defensively. I think we really missed his energy and also his leadership and communication out there defensively. I think you saw over and over again, him him pointing to places on the floor on the defensive end of the court and telling guys where to go. And I thought he was a big part of a well-executed game plan by Dennis Gates and company. Because if you noticed, well, who killed Missouri down in Starkville in the first ball game? Of course, it was number one, Tolu Smith, the six foot eleven big man. Well, he ended up with 14 points and 10 rebounds last night. Certainly looked impressive once again. But he only got eight shots off overall and was pretty quiet until till down the stretch last night. 
I think a lot of that was just the game plan. That was by design by Dennis Gates. Clearly, the Missouri defense was sucking down into the paint and closing off passing lanes into Smith, not only to avoid him scoring, obviously, but him putting our entire team into foul trouble. Now, fortunately, Kobe Brown stayed out of foul trouble last night, although he wasn't as effective as he usually is. But, well, he got Mohamed Diara to commit five fouls in 17 minutes. No doubt about that. So, again, the, the trade-off there was, was very obvious. 28 three-pointers put up by Mississippi State last night, and they only hit seven of them. That's one out of four for 25%. So, clearly... The scouting report was obvious. Mississippi State, I believe, was the worst high major three-point shooting team so far this season. Well, I'd rather take my chances there and not let Tolu Smith just dominate right around the basket as he did in Stark Vegas. Now, the thing was, because Missouri is a little bit shorthanded right now, their offense isn't firing on all cylinders like it was when Isaiah Mosley and the entire roster was intact just a few weeks ago. Again, made it especially nerve-wracking because even though while it was by design, so many of those Bulldogs three-pointers were wide open, and every single one of them, because this game was so important in my mind for the standings for NCAA tournament, thoughts and prayers, well, it made me clench my teeth and perhaps some other parts of my body as well with every single attempt. Hodge with a hot start. Kobe was a little bit off around the basket, and we were also just, again, struggling to come up with offense. So, I don't know. I'm just proud of this team that they were able to win in that way because it seems like so often lately when Missouri, when things are going well offensively, they look great. And when they don't, well, they simply are just a very average to below average team. So it was nice to see them be able to grind out a victory like teams, like like sort of a Buzz Williams, Texas A&M team has been able to do in the past by getting key rebounds, by knocking the ball out, by tapping it out loose at the very end as time expired, as Trey Gomillion did at the very end. Another little play that he made in this ball game that maybe not doesn't show up in the box score, but certainly made a huge difference for his team. And once again, not to break my arm patting myself on the back, but I did call the lineup shuffle by Missouri. Dennis Gates puts Mohamed Diara into the starting lineup. How do I think that went? And other observations from this game after these quick words. So Mo Diara... Definitely a little has a little bit of the young Jeremiah Tillman syndrome coming, going a little bit, fouling out in just 17 minutes. But I thought a pretty productive 17 minutes from Mo. For the most part, the rebounding was there. He scored on a drive, made a well, a fairly miraculous, I thought, left-handed hook shot at one point. In the game, obviously the free throw shooting wasn't great, but for the most part, I like what I saw from Diara. He's not certainly is never going to be an above the rim type six foot ten big man, but makes up for that with some skill, in my opinion. If he can just figure out how to defend better without fouling, I think we'll really have something, especially in the paint. He actually does a a decent job 
of moving his feet on the perimeter, although once again, it did seem like Chris Jans, Mississippi State's coach, took a, took a page out of Buzz Williams' a playbook from the previous game by kind of hunting Diara in some switches on those high ball screens at times. Texas A&M had some success on it. I thought Mississippi State less so in this game. Certainly a part of that was definitely Missouri just, again, sucking their defenders into the pain as much as possible and daring the Bulldogs to shoot three-pointers, which they did over and over again, and I can't even blame them considering how open those shots were. I think those those are shots you have to take. I think Chris Jans wanted them to shoot those shots in spite of their low percentages on the year. I think those shots were of such high quality. I think if you're going to play college basketball and call yourself a guard, you basically have to take them. And, well, the Bulldogs just didn't make enough of them, so a calculated gamble by Dennis Gates certainly paid off, no doubt about that. And if I didn't give Noah Carter enough credit, by the way, obviously he hit a massive shot in overtime and I thought played a really solid 25 minutes overall especially offensively once again and by the way my three forward experiment lasted for about a minute and a half it seemed like at one point Kobe Noah Carter and Mohamed Diara were on the court at the same time that was something I called for as an experiment at least to see the look for a little while but unfortunately Mo Diara fouled out shortly thereafter so Maybe we will see a little bit more of that look as long as Missouri is a little bit short on guards. But you never know. Perhaps Isaiah Mosley will come in on a helicopter down in Athens, Georgia, and surprise us. Who knows? But until then, you know what? Thanks for for joining me, as always, here on Locked On Mizzou. And also, check out Locked On College Basketball, of course, if you want to see the entire college hoops landscape you got to check out locked on college basketball on youtube and wherever you get audio podcasts so until next time i'm john miller and thanks for listening to locked on mizzou